Welcome to the Kings Insider Podcast on NBC Sports, brought to you by Wendy's. I'm James Ham, sitting here courtside after the second day of training camp with Marvin Bagley, Kings' first pick this year in the draft. What's going on? How are you? I'm great. How, how are you doing? I'm good, man. So yeah, yeah. this is, uh, you're just learning on the fly. Yeah. How overwhelming is this so far, just trying to take in all the coaching, all the running, all the plays, uh, trying to mix in with your teammates. How overwhelming is it for you? Um, I mean, it's definitely, you know, a lot that I'm taking in right now. But, um, you know, I'm just trying to ask as many questions as I can, you know, make sure that I'm, you know, on top of everything. Um, you know, so I'm just, you know, just trying to, you know, just trying to stay focused, locked in and, you know, compete every day and, you know, just go as hard as I possibly can in whatever we're doing. And I think that'll take care of everything. You know, De'Aaron Fox yesterday said that, you're a guy who asks a lot of questions, and that's good. Yeah, he, he was saying it's a good thing. Um, but how much are you relying on guys like him, guys like Harry Giles who have been here before, guys like Willie, to answer those questions to help you kind of figure out what it is you need to do to take the next step in your career? Yeah, um, you know, I'm always asking questions. Um, you know, I don't view that as a bad thing. Uh, you know, being able to gain as much knowledge as I can and about what I'm getting ready to head into, um, you know, I'm just, you know, I'm just, you know, just trying to enjoy it all. You know, they've been they've been doing a great job of, you know, help, helping me with those answers, um, uh, answering the questions that I have. So I'm just I'm just trying to ask as many questions as I can, and, you know, learn on the fly. What are the expectations for you that you put on yourself coming into this year? I mean, do you think? Uh, you're a rookie of the year candidate. Do you think you can average, I don't know, 15 points, eight rebounds? What are sort of your goals and what you think you can do? Um, you know, I, do, I definitely think that, uh, you know, that's the confidence I have as a player is, uh, you know, being able to you know, compete at a high level and, and play at a high level. But, you know, I think my, my goal now is to, you know, just lock into what we're doing here um, in Sacramento and, and focus on, you know, the team. And winning, and I think that's the main thing. If we win, everything else will take care of itself. So, um, you know, I'm just trying to win and, you know, play as hard as I possibly can every time I get out there on the floor. In this scrum over here, you were talking that uh, you consider yourself a basketball player. You're not worried about whether you're playing the, the four or the five or whether you slide over and play some three. Um, but is that really how you have to view yourself now in today's game? Uh, you've got to sort of be that positionless basketball player that can go just about anywhere and do just about anything on the court? Yeah, um, I want to be able to play, you know, every position. Um, and, you know, whether I'm four, five, three, two, whatever, wherever the coach, you know, decides to put me out on the floor, you know, I just want to make the best out of that and, you know, just play my game. Um, whether I'm a five, I'm still going to, you know, use my instincts and, and, you know, play, you know, this game that I've been playing my whole life. So uh, when I'm when I when I'm out there on the floor, I consider myself as a basketball player. So, uh, you know, I, that's, that's that. And, I, you know, I don't, I don't like saying I'm a position. You, uh, you've got some support out here. Your whole family moved out. How much has that meant to you to 
to basically have regular life here as you're starting your NBA career with your parents and your brothers here. Um, but, you know, not all players get that. They don't all get to have the, the family come with them and be part of this experience. Oh, yeah, that's great. Um, they've been with me for as long as I can remember. So, uh, you know, just ha them having them here now uh, with me going through this, um, it's definitely been great. Um, you know, Home-cooked meals? Yeah, yeah. Um, I had one last night, actually. So, uh, you know, it, it's definitely good to have them here, you know, to go home to, see my brothers, my mom, dad. Um, and I'll just still talk to them about my days and, you know, just, just you know, having a good time. So, you know, I'm enjoying it all, and it's great to have them here. Um, coming into this week, you guys have been running up and down the court, doing a lot of uh, doing a lot of games, a lot, having a good time, um, a lot of five on five. But what is it that you learned from that, uh, as far as the teammates, the building chemistry, um, where to move, where to be for some a guy like De'Aaron? I mean, how much have you learned just from the build up to camp? Um, um, I definitely, um, you know, I'm learning a lot. Like I said, I'm learning on the fly. You know, we, we're doing, you know, you know, a little bit of sets, you know, every day just you know, going through different things. So, uh, you know, I'm just trying to continue to to learn, ask questions, and, you know, still be able to compete out there. So, uh, uh, no, it's been great so far, and I'm going to continue to go with the flow. Okay, you've got an an album, you're right? You're coming out with something Yeah, soon? yeah, yeah, so, so. What's it called? Um, still trying to figure out the name right now. Um, uh you know, I haven't, I haven't, uh, <laughs> I haven't, uh, <laughs> I haven't came up with a name yet, but, um, you know, we're still going through that and trying to figure out, you know, the date that we're going to you know, release it. So, uh, you know, it's, it's definitely in the process. I'm in the process of that right now. So, you know, just definitely stay tuned to that. Uh, I, I talked to you during your introductory press conference. Um, I love, I while we're sitting here talking, you're watching uh, a couple of coaches go at it. And, and I love, you're, you're almost mesmerized by just the game of basketball. You love the game of basketball, you can tell. Yeah. Um, anyway, in your introductory press conference, uh, I told you I, eventually I'm going to get you to sing some, uh, or at least rap some. Are you going to ever nah. cut? you gonna you going to lay something down for us here? Come on, man. No, nah, I don't think I got to wait for the album. Uh, no, album, oh, album's, album's coming out soon, so uh, you can hear a lot of that on the album. So uh, I'm saving it, uh, but you can definitely hear a lot of that on the album. All right, all right. <laughs> I'm going to get you to do it. One of these days, you're going to be sitting here, and we're going to pod, and you're going to sit here and <laughs> lay yeah, it down. Maybe one day, but, you know, you'll wait for the album for this one. That's right. All right, so that's Marvin Bagley. Thanks so much for joining me, man. No problem. Thank you. And now a note from our sponsor, Wendy's. Indulge in all the best flavors of the fall with the new Harvest Chicken Salad from Wendy's. With apples, brown sugar walnuts, bacon and grilled chicken, topped with apple cider vinaigrette. But hurry, just like the fall, this salad will only be around for a limited time at participating Wendy's. Welcome back to the Kings Insider Podcast on NBC Sports California, brought to you by Wendy's. I'm James Ham. joining me in the second portion of the podcast. We get this thing rolling now. We're, we're back. It, it's normal. It's everyday uh king's coverage like always uh doug christie what's going on my man what's up hamster man it is uh it's a beautiful day king's basketball ah man it doesn't get any better than that my friend it doesn't get any better than that you know uh this is that time of year doug where i think we have to extend 
such uh, warm thank yous to uh, Jackie and to my wife, Sarah, uh, because this is a time of year where we disappear, Um, not just (laughs) physically, but mentally. We disappear for a good like six months uh, where, you know, whether you're driving or uh, you're on the radio or I'm at the arena or we're both at the arena covering a game. Um, we just aren't really there to help out. And so shout out, shout out to the wives, uh, that, that do the work that keep our lives moving. Um, you know, things like making sure that we actually have clothes to wear, that our, our kids get to school, (laughs) that they have lunches, uh, that the, the power isn't shut off, that we have internet when we come home. So yeah, Doug, you know what I'm saying? It's one of those things where I think it, it's not said enough, but, uh, yeah, our lives are a bit crazy, you know, 70, 80 hours a week during this time of year. And uh, so thank you to the ladies. Doug, I'll, yeah. you got well anything said. to say? <laughs> you know, well said. I will say this. They're, they're even going to hate us more if uh, the key young players get good because we'll go from maybe April to June. That would be fantastic, <laughs> but not so much maybe for them. No, that's that's very true. It just keeps – it when they get better, it extends it all, and all of a sudden it's longer and, yes, and crazier. All right, so we've had uh, a lot of Kings coverage. Training camp opened on Tuesday. We had media day on Monday. Uh, by Tuesday, I had already written a story to get Willie Cauley-Stein in trouble for talking about getting paid. Um, you know, damn, I, you damn. know, these are things that we have to cover. Uh, and you know, Doug, I, I listened to his statements while he, he, uh, he made his statements about getting paid, uh, during media day. Um, and those were in a, uh, a one-on-one. So typically for NBC, uh, Katie Christensen sits and does one-on-ones with all the players. So we have content throughout the year. Things like we have little short videos for for everything under the sun, right? So we've we've got uh, Martin Luther King Day questions. We've got uh, questions about New Year's. We've got uh, uh, just you know a, a myriad of questions. But uh, I did the interviews this year because, of course, Katie just had her baby. Congratulations to Katie uh, and yeah. to and to the husband. Um, but you know when he started talking. Like there was no going back, and you know, as as a guy who's done this for a long time, I tried to give Willie a couple of outs. I tried to give him a way to explain himself, a way to explain how this was going to be a long term thing and not just about getting paid right now. Uh, he didn't do a great job of of explaining himself. Um, but Doug, what were your initial thoughts when you read the Willie Cauley Stein? Uh, I got to get paid. You know, it, it doesn't really bother me, Ham, because what what I think is the shock value to a lot of people is that you hear it. Because ultimately, as youth who are coming out of the inner city and stuff, basketball is a vehicle to help your family. And I think that, that you know, Bill, Willie has outside interests, and he's talking about helping people and, and supporting people and maybe funding those and different things. So from that standpoint – I get it. That's what he's been doing, I'm pretty sure, but he just hasn't verbalized it and come across in that regard. 
So it it didn't really bother me because that's what the, you play the game for the love of the game, hopefully. But some people play because there are financial benefits and different things to it. What what actually kind of I won't say bothered me, but uh, really kind of put my antennas up was that he was saying, "What do you need me to do to do it?" That's where I was like, "Come on, you you gotta you already got to know what that is because all you got to do is look at the guys." And there's not a lot of guys that do what you do. That's what makes you special, Willie. And it's the ability to go out and garner a double-double every single night and just run the floor like nobody's business and be an anchor on defense. That's for him and his skill set and what he does, that should really be pretty simple for Willie Colley-Stein. And that's why I think people have, you know, been up and down on him because one minute he'll show you just brilliance and the next minute we don't know if he's out there. So, uh, that's the only thing that bothered me. The part about getting paid, I mean, I know it alarms some people because they hear it. It's verbal. And now all of a sudden you're like, what are you thinking? But that's in, in guys' minds because it is part of the business. And if it's not in their minds, their agents and people around them keep it in their minds. Yeah. So a couple of things there. Uh, I'm going to take on two specific things. Um, number one, what you bring up about him saying, you know, look, what do I got to do? You know, uh, it, yeah. it's he he even came back two days later, and that, I'll get to that in part two here, and tried to explain what he meant by what do I got to do. And what he was talking about while I was looking at him and staring him in the face was he that was his mindset the at the beginning of the summer. Like, what do I have to do? And then he looked around. He looked around to all of the players that are getting paid that he's, and he's not. All of the players from his draft class that are getting paid. And he's like, okay, so what are they doing that, that's helped them? And so he went out and he, he got a life coach. He went out and he got a nutritionist. He went out and he got uh, a personal trainer to work out with him on the side. So that's what he was saying. Like, look, I'm going to do it. And I think... You know, his his inability to sort of articulate present tense and past tense maybe hurt him in that. But I think okay. also, um, so so I think that's one thing. And, and I think it really does. Okay. I didn't, Ham, I, I didn't hear, I didn't hear that particular piece that you're talking about. So that, that makes total sense, meaning the way that he was trying to say it and say that, I'm doing all the things that I need to do that I see other people doing. I, I, I totally get that. Yeah, and so here's here's the second problem. So, like, look, I, I long quoted him. I gave him as long as long as quotes as I could because I wanted his idea to get out there and not be just spammed up there like, Willie wants to get paid and then leave it like that and really just leave the guy hanging out in the wind um, but that's not the way that the internet works. And I, I know I wrote that in, in my follow-up piece when Willie went off at practice and was very passionate about what he was trying to say. It didn't come across then either. It did not come across the right way when he tried to explain himself. Uh, but there was no, like on my side, 
there was no taking shortcuts to try to get his message across. I, I gave him hey, every let single... Me, let me say something real quick, Ham. Yeah. I, you know what? In my opinion, Willie doesn't need to explain himself. What Willie needs to do is go ball. The byproduct is getting paid. You didn't, there is nothing, nothing that Willie needs to explain himself about. Some, sometimes you say stuff, people are going to take it however they're going to take it. You play, you go to college. People go to college to make money. People play basketball, football, different things. I totally get that. Some people might not get it. In my opinion, there is no explanation. What people want to see is they want to see him go out on the court and ball out, and he has the opportunity and he has the skills to do that. That and the byproduct from that will be exactly what he's talking about. No, I I totally agree. I totally agree. And I didn't expect him to have to come over and say anything. And to be honest with you, I wasn't in the scrum when he came back over and had that conversation. I was actually recording the first part of the podcast, which was with Marvin Bagley. Um, so lastly, I just want to leave it at this. Like, Look, when someone says something like that, of course that's going to be in the hook. It's going to be in the title. It's going to be one of the first things in the article. Um, and, and that's the way that every writer writes. Uh, but here's the problem. The internet and, and social media, everyone aggregates, and all they do is look for the, the hook – and then they leave everything else sitting there. And that's the problem. And I get why he, he was a little frustrated that, like, look, it was taken out of context. Look, I didn't take anything out of context when I wrote the original piece at all. I put it all in context and tried to give him, you know, express what he was trying to express. That's just not the way it works after that. Now, after what, once you see his quote, it shows up on these beautiful graphics with Willie Cauley-Stein with these elegant fonts saying, Willie Cauley-Stein, I want to get paid. And that's it. And it's unfortunate that that's the world we live in. Uh, but there are much worse things that are happening in the world that we live in uh, than you getting just one, three, four words out of uh, a you know pretty decently long interview block quoted. And so I hope he does exactly what you say, Doug. Go out and put your put your mouth uh, well put your money where your mouth is. You know, go out and do the job, and then you don't have any problems. Whether it's the Kings or whether it's another team, uh, Willie Cauley Stein does have all the talent in the world, and he can get paid. Uh, he just has to bring it every single day. Um, so let's move on from from Willie, uh, Doug. I know you've got to see a little bit of practice here and there. Um, are, are you getting excited because we got to see? about five or six minutes of scrimmage yesterday after practice. And I thought it was impressive and it was fun. And, uh, you know, they're, they're up and down. Uh, we had some really, you know, big dunks by Harry Giles, uh, you know, and by other players too. I think De'Aaron Fox looks like he's in charge. He's running the show. And the coaching staff I know is over the moon with what they're seeing from uh, De'Aaron Fox. Well, I, I haven't. I've seen some, but in my in my opinion, to to speak the way I would like to speak, I, ha- I haven't seen enough to say. Okay, this is this is what it is. I will say that this season is going to be predicated on De'Aaron Fox's growth. He is the he is the general in charge. He has the basketball. He is the head of the snake on the defensive side of the court. He has a tremendous tremendous upside of talent that. Not a lot of people have. He just doesn't. He has rare size and speed, uh, athleticism, 
and it, it looks like a knowledge base to be able to orchestrate an offense. And that is, make no mistake about it, that is a Ferrari. That is a Lamborghini. And if it gets out in the open court, forget about it. And if you get the horses to run with him, then the Kings all of a sudden offensively are dynamic. Will they play the same way on the defensive end? Uh, I think there are a lot of questions that need to be answered. But in my opinion, at this particular time, the only question that needs to be answered is, is De'Aaron Fox going to take the next step? I've seen some of him, and I like what I see so far. I just need to see more. I agree. Uh, I think the one thing that stood out to me when we walked in and we were actually getting to see a lot of action yesterday um, was, and, and again, a lot of action, five, six minutes. Trust me, that's a lot of action. We never really get to see a lot <laughs> yeah. of practice. We get to see a, a bunch of dudes shooting three-pointers from the corner. That's typically what we get to see. Uh, I think on, on Tuesday, the first day, um, we got to see a bunch of guys running sprints. Uh, a couple of guys didn't handle that well and were leaning over trash cans. Uh, the coaching staff is absolutely running these guys to death right now. It's something that I know the young guys have even talked about, that the veterans look at them and say, look, we haven't done this before. I don't know. We, we've we never done this before with any team. Uh, this is a lot of running, but that's who, what the Kings want to do. Who says they've never done it before? Well, veterans? Yeah, the, the young guys have said that the veterans – have never run this much in a camp. Uh, now that's oh. that's the young guys saying, "Hey, this is what the veterans keep saying." Like, look, uh, we've never we've never done this before. Um, but the Kings don't really have a lot of veterans, <laughs> to be honest with you. Um, it's Bielitsa, uh, who I don't really think he's a veteran. He's been in the league for two years. Uh, it's it's yeah. Zebo, who's been in the in the league since the beginning of time, um, and I, he's <laughs> not going to play very much this season. Uh, it's Iman Shumpert who, for me, was a live wire at Media Day uh, and was absolutely like charismatic and a bit crazy and a bit all over the board. Uh, but he's there's a good chance he's not going to play. I don't even know that, that he's practicing fully at this point as he's still sort of getting his sea legs back after a couple of surgeries last year. Um, and then, of course, Costa. And Costa was on the court. And he's the one guy that I point to and say, Man, in a perfect world, Doug, he's the guy I want playing alongside Marvin Bagley early in his career so he can teach him defensive calls. He can have his back. He can, you know, do the little things that Costa does, play the pick and roll, set the nail on defense. He can be that guy that really does take him along. But I don't know if that's going to happen because when you really look at this team, they have too many bigs and Dave Yeager can't play six guys. Yeah, when I look at Costa, I don't know if Costa and Zebo obviously fit into that up-tempo style. But I will say this. You don't necessarily need to play beside a guy to be to educate him. I, I was on the end of the bench. I wasn't even playing. Herb Williams, a longtime pacer and a, and a longtime Nick and a coach, was on the end of the bench with me at that particular time. And I got so much education defensively and just the knowledge of the game from sitting beside Herb and listening to the things that he had to say and pointing out different things to me. Now, Marvin will be playing, but there is an aspect that if you are open to the information and you are willing to take it in, you can get it in, you can get it in big, big pieces. So hopefully the communication is there. The, the talking about basketball on 
on a daily basis and, and really having a forum to be able to educate these young players because a guy like Costa and a guy like Zebo has a, an absolute wealth of information for these young players. Yeah, Doug, one of the things in the in the interview in the first half of the pod is uh, there's a point where Marvin Bagley kind of loses his, his train of thought, and he's watching, I think it was it was Bobby Jackson, and I think it was Phil Ricci, or it was, some, it was a different assistant coach, I'm not sure which, and they were going at it, and they were laughing, and Bobby was dropping some, you know, some words uh, that hopefully the mic doesn't pick up, uh, but it was funny because what I saw from Marvin Bagley was this curiosity i it was fun to watch because i was watching him watching the action and he's such a junkie he's such a basketball junkie he wants to Mm. you know he's a guy that when he's doing an interview you can see him watching around the court to see what's actually happening and what he's missing um he's a guy Mm -hmm. who who has that passion for it and to me it was a funny moment but at the same time i I liked it because I've seen players like him in the past. I've I've done interviews with players like him in the past where the the interview portion is part of the job, but really you just see this they're like a kid in a candy store every day and and they're trying to take in as much as they can and learn as much as they can from everything and they're having a good time with it. So I I'm impressed by him. Um I know he's going to have issues early in his career cuz people are going to take away his left hand. Uh, and he's gonna he's gonna struggle a little bit here and there, um, but the Kings are using him as a four. They're stretching him out, you know, out onto the perimeter and letting him work from there, which makes it a lot more difficult as opposed to just having him back down and and then again try to use his dominant hand, which is what he's doing. Um, so uh, he's gonna be a work in progress. But Doug, all of the tools are there. You know, a couple of things, Ham. When when I've had the opportunity to talk to Marvin, I've been highly impressed. But even more than that, but to to hear and I've all I, I've seen it, but also to hear it from you, the fact that he is a a basketball junkie that just it excites me beyond compare. Because I, I I'm the same way. I consider myself a basketball nerd. I just I dig it. I, I love all the little stuff about it. So. I would play one-on-one with Bobby and that thing gets so intense and you're going after it. And the fact that he feels like he's missing out on something that is, that is, it's spectacular for someone like myself because that is what it's all about. I would say to him, and I say this to my son a lot when I'm talking about basketball is if someone is going to send you or take away something from you, like a left hand, what you do is you demonstrate to them that that's not what you want. So I would say probably three out of four, go right first, just not for any particular reason then to make them cut you off. And if you want it, when they cut you off, what do you do? You come back left and that's to your strong hand. And it has to become habitual, Ham, where every time you get it, you're looking to go right. I'm looking to go right. And that type of thing, it sends a message to the defense as well. And before you know it, the balance in, in, your, in your body and in the defense playing you begins to even out. And if he is left-hand dominant, as, as they say, that it's not a big problem. He just has to start focusing more on showing right, demonstrate right, and you'll be all right. Yeah, I think he can get through it. And I think, again, it's going to be a problem early in his career. But that's what professional coaching staffs are there for. Like, 
uh, we've talked about this on the pod before, how last year um, I watched Scowl get beat up by uh, by Bob Thornton in practice. He would have, like, they were having him, like, lean back against walls really hard, padded walls. To, he was using a big pad and just beating on Scowl. And, I, you know, I watched Scowl go from, like, this silky smooth shooter to like this ultra robotic like really really struggling with every single play you could see his brain functioning and working on the court and that's never a good thing you know overthinking everything um and then scowl comes back from an off season and i you know i remember seeing a video of him doing some uh some sort of boxing or uh martial arts uh, I, I watched video of him working on his body and then you see him in person and you're like, holy cow. I mean, 20, 20 pounds of pure muscle. Now, can he keep that muscle on? I don't know. There, It's possible though. And instantly what he's done is he's got out there and he's, he's, he's literally said, hey, people have tried to take away what I do by getting physical with me. And that's not happening this year. That's not happening. And no more robotic. I get it. I, I feel comfortable with what's going on and comfortable in my own skin. And so I, I think people should be aware that, like, look, Scal's in his third year, a lot like Harry Giles and the fact that he really didn't play that much in the couple of years leading up to his rookie season. Um, and so these young guys, there, there's a point where they, they start figuring these things out. And you hope that... They figure them out quick enough so you can keep them on your roster and sort of reap the benefits. But it's going to take a little bit of time for a Marvin Bagley, for a Harry Giles, to figure out what it's like. And I had one of the players, I think it was De'Aaron Fox, tell me at one point, um, there's a point in your progression where you realize that instead of taking like six or seven choppy steps, you take two long steps and you're at the same point, but you've saved so much energy and time. Um, and that just takes, every player is different, but it takes time. It does take a little bit of time. So I think, you know, Doug, patience is still going to be the word that we have to use with this team because, I mean, they're going to play two guys who have never stepped on an NBA court massive amounts of minutes in their rookie season in, in Giles and, uh, and Bagley. And, they're going to struggle, and then they're also going to have some successes. And you just hope that by the end of the season, the successes are more than the struggles and that they show massive improvement. Yeah, it's it's going to be a lot of fun, in, in my opinion, Ham. And I know some people say, well, man, there's probably going to be a lot of losses. And in my opinion, there's so much that can be learned in that type of stuff. In the, in the is a disaster, Ham. You have to find those those pithy bits of information. And if the Kings are willing to look for it at the end of the season, what what do you want to see? I know it's wins and losses and all of that, but this is a bigger picture. You have to grow. You have to de- determine and, and decipher what is Kings basketball and a defensive approach and a couple young guys that have stepped up. And you'll be able to see it. You'll you'll know. Oh boy, that guy is going to be a player. And that's what you want to see out of this Kings team. And hopefully that next step begins to be the start to, you you start to make it. And all of a sudden you start to gain traction on some of these other teams. That's right. All right, Doug. So let's finish up this conversation today with, uh, with the Kings being involved in potential Jimmy Butler trades. Last, last week we talked about, 
you know, should the Kings go out and, and make an offer for Andrew Wiggins? Um, you know, Tom Thibodeau is slow playing this thing in, in Minnesota. He's hoping that cooler heads will prevail, that he'll get Jimmy Butler back into camp, uh, that he'll get an extension done, that he'll work things out with Carl Anthony Towns, that ownership will back off of their uh, assertion to trade this guy. Um, but that's not going to happen. I don't know why they're dragging their feet. They need to make this move as soon as possible to help everybody out, to get these guys in camp, wherever, whoever it is, wherever they are. Um, but the Kings look like they're, they've offered up uh, to be the third team in, any, in a deal because they're the only team in the league with real cap space, and they can facilitate. Uh, they also have... Man, Zebo's at 11.7, uh, Iman's at 11, uh, Costa Kufis is 8.7, and Ben Mathmore's like 5.4 million. Uh, just doing like super quick quick math, I think that's like $36 million in cap space uh, in, in expiring contracts. So there is uh, plenty, plenty to work with here if you're the Kings. What are you willing or not willing to do if you're – Vladi Divots and, and Brandon Williams. I think that you're willing to kick the tires on on just about anything. You got to look and see what is going to make sense for the Kings. Not necessarily now because it's this is a futuristic approach. I mean, if you're going to bring in, we talked about uh, Andrew Wiggins. Would you be interested in something like that? He's he's a wing player. Maybe needs a change of scenery. That sort of thing. I don't think that the the Wolves are considering that. When I look at that Wolves situation, though, just quickly, uh, I, I think Tom Thibodeau may be on the hot seat, Ham, because when you when you look at what's going on, Jimmy Butler was his guy. Jimmy Butler plays his style. The other two players, Wiggins and Cat, they don't really play his style. And him being the coach, it just and the president and the GM it, that looks to be a situation that could uh, could blow up rather quickly. But for the Kings, the ability to, um, you know, maybe take on something that gives them the leverage and uh, at the same time, you're going to build some goodwill by being that third team that helps facilitate, facilitate something. So there are so many positives for the Kings. Uh, just looking at it, it's hard to say. What are you going to need at this particular time? I still think that you might need that elite uh, three-wing player um, but you don't know because is Justin Jackson going to step up this year and is he going to play? I think there probably needs to be some depth there. With Bogey out, how long is he going to be out? So there are a lot of questions with Kings young players that if they were veterans and kind of solidified and penciled in, you could answer this question a little bit better because now you're looking at necessities and needs and things like that. With right now, the cupboard is full, Ham, but it's there because you don't know really what it is. Yeah, I agree. And you know, the the one team that we've we've heard that has engaged in uh, real conversation is the Miami Heat. Uh, they do have a couple yeah. of young players that the Kings should be interested in, guys like Josh Richardson, uh, guys like Justice Winslow. Mm -hmm. Justice Winslow is a guy who's built like a Mack truck, uh, and maybe getting back to maybe getting a fresh start. With a couple of you know dookies uh, would would actually help him. Um, I, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I don't know how the Kings get involved in this. I just know that I'm I'm not taking on Gorgie Jang's forty two million dollars owed over the next three years in order to get you know a, a draft pick between eighteen and like twenty five. Uh, to me, that's just not worth it. 
And if they do that, I think they've blown an opportunity because let's be honest, uh, the Timberwolves are the ones who are in trouble here. The Kings don't need to jump into this. They don't need to help. Uh, there's going to be one or two more of these trades as we get closer to the deadline where the Kings can be a facilitator. Again, they are the only team in the league that can be a facilitator like this. And they have the ability to do this again, Doug. They can do this mm -hmm. if they wanted to. They could easily stretch provision him on Shumpert's $11 million, and that breaks it up over three years. You save $7 million this year in cap space, and you pay 3 and a half next year and 3 and a half next year. They could do the same with Zebo, which is closer to $8 million savings this year, and you could pay $4 million next year and $4 million. So I give up $7.5 million next year, but now I've got $15 million to play with, and I can do this again right. and, maybe, and maybe not be – Maybe not trade an expiring contract, which used to be the thing. You would trade an expiring contract, but maybe you can just absorb contracts because the value of, of absorbing those contracts and taking back assets might be more valuable to you. Uh, it might be more valuable to the person that you're dealing with. Um, so I, I think the Kings are they're in a position of power, and if they give up that power and do something silly, that's on them. Uh, you, you can't make a mistake right here if you're the Kings. You can't eat into all that cap space you've created for next for next summer. Whether you, you or I believe they can go out and get a star or not, you just can't prepare for one summer and then and then blow it on a deal for you know what is a a serviceable NBA big in Gorgie Jang. But again, you already have like 47 bigs on the roster. There's there's no reason to add another one. So that's just my opinion on this and. And I hope they make the right decision. They find something that works and get get an asset or two that makes sense. Yeah, I, I think Justice Winslow is an interesting one. I think the Heat have given up on him, but obviously, if you're bringing in Jimmy Butler, it makes total sense. He has defensive ability and, and some abilities. You mentioned the Dukey there, uh, Richardson also um, an athletic wing who might be and, and young enough to to come in and maybe fit in with this group. And that's one thing you got to take into consideration as well is you have a group and you have something that you're trying to build. The people that you bring in are important and they need to be along the same lines of of character and all the different things that you're trying to build here mm -hmm. i agree all right well doug that's going to do it for this edition of the king's insider podcast so much thanks so much for joining me do you have any final thoughts you know what i say ham go king go kings from doug uh all right we're going to be back um next week of course we'll have another guest because look it's training camp these guys are around uh, i'll be able to get guests which has been an issue all summer uh, with a young team floating around. Um, we're going to do Facebook Live shows like we did yesterday, uh, usually on Wednesdays or Thursdays. We'll try to get you after practice. Uh, the Kings, I, I believe it's it's Monday. They play their first preseason game in yes, Phoenix. Sir. We're going to see yep. Marvin Bagley face off against DeAndre Ayton. Uh, it should be some good stuff. We'll see where the progression is, how far they need to go before they uh, they tip off um, on October 17th. But Kings basketball is back. Thanks for joining us here on the Kings Insider Podcast. For Doug Christie, I am James Ham. We'll see you next week. All right, you've been listening to the Kings Insider Podcast brought to you by Wendy's. If you haven't already, please visit Apple Podcasts or Google Play to subscribe. And if you like our podcast, give us a rating and a review. We would really appreciate it. 
You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at NBCS Authentic. We'll be back next week with Doug Christie and another great guest. Thanks for tuning in, Kings fans. We'll see you very soon.